Okay, hi folks, and welcome to another episode of Better. I am Dr. John Duffy, uh, your host for today. My co-host, Julie Duffy, happens to not be in the chair with me today. I thought I would um, record a few thoughts while they are prominent on my mind and while I have a moment uh, before I lose them. So, I had a tremendous day yesterday. I hope you did too. Wake up this morning, um, slept in a little bit, and my wife came and told me, Julie, who you know, um, said, well, there was another mass shooting. And uh, laying in bed, I asked, where? Oh, Thousand Oaks, California. Setting? Bar. How many? Twelve. Felt ordinary. Felt like expected. Absolutely so bizarre. And uh, we can't ignore the fact that this keeps happening, obviously. And we can't ignore the reality that we don't really have any solutions on the table that make any sense. Um, my, my friend at the Chicago Tribune, Heidi Stevens, wrote a piece today that absolutely is, is, is hanging on me, um, in which she, one of the most hopeful people I know, talks about the places she doesn't want her children. You know, the mall, church, school, anywhere but home. I mean, you know, effectively. And kind of questions at the end of her piece, you know, whether this is who we are, whether this is what we become, and that we don't have solutions. There aren't solutions out there. And to her point, if we are talking about arming people at churches and synagogues so that the good guy with a gun can take out the bad guy with a gun, doesn't feel a whole lot like what Jesus would do, you know? Um, I think we're missing something crucial here. Um, so every time this happens, and, you know, it's happened 300 times this year, this year, so not just once a day, but there are mass shootings in the United States of America more than every day on average in 2018. So I want to tell you a quick story. Rewind 20 years or so. Um, I am in training, just finishing my training, um, and I, am, I work for a, a very small mental health agency, and um, uh, a man I worked with um, and I decided that we were going to go and we were going to teach emotional intelligence in schools. This isn't, you've heard me talk about emotional intelligence a lot. I'm a huge fan of this concept. So the idea briefly behind it is um, if you teach people to understand, to read and understand their own emotions and to read and understand the emotions of those around them, that they will... Um, uh, develop a sense of empathy, they'll communicate better, and they will understand more than just that cognitive intellectual plane of what's happening in any given situation and understand the emotions surround, surrounding them. And there is a man named Daniel Goleman wrote the book Emotional Intelligence, did a whole lot of research, um, and wanted to find a way to show people that this isn't just folly. 
this teaching of emotional intelligence. But in fact, it shows us how we can be successful. So really good research was done 20 years ago. A lot more has been done since then. But as of that time, he was able to show that about 80% of what makes us successful in the things that we do, let's say our jobs or school, it has very little to do with knowing the subject matter. That's important. But the people who really rise and do really, really well, they possess emotional intelligence. And if you give yourself a moment, you'll, you'll recognize that that's true. Because if you can understand and manage emotions and you have empathy and compassion and understanding, um, my God, you, you are a long way toward uh, winning any battle that you're engaged in, uh, getting the contract working well with your boss and your coworkers, and I've talked a lot about um, how that played out in my own work life back when I was an accountant and how this one man, Jerry Turner, exemplified um, EI in his work and how that created this success in his life. Um, so back then, we were going to schools, middle schools, high schools, and we were pitching, hey, protect some time in the school day, and we, we would sit with groups of teachers and administrators. We did this over and over and over again. And we were pitching, hey, protect some time within the midst of your busy school day to teach these skills. And we're going to give you methodologies for teaching um, empathy, compassion, understanding, the ability to understand and manage emotions. And we're going to talk about why that's so important and we're thinking success. We're not thinking safety at this time. We're thinking success. And man, I can't count the number of times we were summarily dismissed, laughed at, turned down, turned away. <laughs> um, one teacher in particular, I remember in, um, I think it was a middle school, we, for some reason, we were presenting to them on the stage in their auditorium. I don't know if the school lacked the conference room or if there was construction being done. Again, it goes back some time. But here we are on this stage, which seems appropriate because it seems theatrical somehow. <laughs> and, um, and my colleague Ed and I are, are presenting about how important it is that you guys protect time. And here we want you to do about a half an hour three times a week. That's all we're asking for out of your school days to teach emotional intelligence school, skills. And a teacher, um, this one woman who was particularly bold and smart, um, laughed, laughed, like heartily. And she, she said, everyone else was pretty much going along with the program because people come in and they present their projects, you know, and sometimes they accept them and sometimes they don't. But this woman laughed and she's like, very much like, are you guys kidding me? Are you guys serious with this with this stuff? Because do you have any idea what it's like to be a teacher or what it's like to be an administrator in a school today in what whatever it was, you know, in the year 2000 or 2001 or whatever? Um, and she kind of, she dressed us down very effectively and talked to us about, you know, how busy their school days are, the metrics by which they are evaluated, how much they have to cram into a lesson plan, how much planning goes into planning a lesson plan, and the idea of just kind of casually taking an hour and a half a week to, you know, talk about emotions 
when that has nothing to do with how the teachers are being evaluated. It has nothing to do with how the children are being evaluated. She's like, this doesn't have a prayer. What are you guys even talking about, man? (laughs) And at the time, she was right. I mean, you know, like, because she was just saying what every single teacher was saying that we talked to. So we were whistling into the wind, and we were naive because the truth of the matter is we're psychologists. We don't know. We don't know what it's like to put together a lesson plan. And so we came in kind of presumptuous. And um, and when I think back 20 years or 18 or whatever it is, um, I think we were in the wrong moment in history to take a crack at this um, because this wasn't this wasn't the time, this wasn't the place, and it felt absolutely absurd. You know, we're going to talk about empathy with the kids. All right, we'll have a freaking assembly and we'll move on, you know. And, and again, she was right. At that time, that was the right answer. Um, so now I think the landscape's different. I think kids are different. And I think the degree of urgency is different. And the reason for teaching uh, social and emotional learning, the, the, the reason for teaching emotional intelligence in a school matters now. Um, so I, w- I want you to picture uh, this for a second. Picture if we decided that as a mandatory class, so we get rid of what? Home ec or uh, maybe we make driver's ed uh, a non-school elective, or we get rid of a study hall. I don't know what we do. Maybe we get rid of math. I'm not sure exactly how to create the space as I sit here. Um, but imagine if we had a middle school and a high school class committed to teaching emotional intelligence. So I'm going to pitch this to you real briefly here. First, our kids will be more successful. Um, the research on this, I encourage you to look at it. Pick up Daniel's book, um, Emotional Intelligence. Pick up some books that have written or articles that have been written about emotional intelligence and success and the link between the two. Um, it is compelling. Not only it does emotional con- intelligence truly make up about 80% of what makes us successful, And Goldman goes into great detail about specifically how those percentages are derived. I'm not making that up. And it it truly feels like it's true. And I use this as a sniff test when I talk to people all the time. And I can tell you in my experience, this is true. But when you think about people who excel beyond reason or beyond what they would ever be expected to do based on their school performance, based on their degree of motivation, um those people who are at the very tops of their organizations or who are entrepreneurs coming up with grand ideas, their emotional intelligence tends to be off the charts and 95% of their success has very little to do with the nuts and bolts of what their gig is, what their job is. And we're not just talking about success at work. We're talking about success in marriage. We're talking about success in parenting. We're talking about success in a classroom or a work setting all the way across the board, in life. Um, life satisfaction is, is derivative of emotional intelligence, being in tune with what's going on with you emotionally, being in tune with what's going on emotionally around you. 
And if you think about the way America feels right now, and if you had to point to a variable you felt was lacking, does emotional intelligence not define that almost entirely? Is that not the problem? Is that not what's lacking here? So now, now we've got these kids who are in school who value this stuff, right? So um, they're ready and they're eager, these kids. They want to learn this kind of thing. They want to develop this muscle of emotional intelligence. They don't want their peers to feel sad or isolated or alone or anxious or depressed or suicidal. They don't want any of that. If there's a way to mitigate that, that's more important to them than reading Catcher in the Rye. And so I think we should take advantage of the moment. And this is the way, I think, to change it. So I think we should be petitioning school boards and PTAs across the country trying to make something like this happen in our schools. And does that mean we don't see another shooting at a school or a bar or a yoga studio or a synagogue? No, probably not. I suspect that, um, that we're going to see more of that. But can we stem the tide for the next generation at the very least? Is there something preventive we can do? My God, I certainly hope so, and I sincerely believe so. And today, for whatever reason, I have clarity on that. I'm certain of that. You know, I don't think, you know, boy, I'd love to, uh, if we could repeal the Second Amendment, I would probably do it with, you know, an executive order. Somebody gave it to me for five minutes. However, I know how ridiculous that sounds. I really do. There are going to be guns out there. There are other weapons that are available. People can hurt each other no matter what. But this isn't just about shootings. This is about our collective national wellness and I think as a nation, we are mentally and emotionally not well at all. And I think a lot of what's going on online, um, in the White House press corps, <laughs> um, in, in the vitriol that a lot of our politicians, including our president, feel so emboldened to just spew, um, we're sick. And we need to get well. And if we are fostering emotional intelligence in our kids, first of all, I think we're fostering it in ourselves. And we have urgency here, man. We don't have the luxury of like kind of thoughts and prayers and let's consider what to do about guns because nothing's changing and people keep dying. And I can tell you based on my work, and you can ask any therapist, psychologist, social worker that you know, you know, do you see a deterioration in the mental well-being of America? You're going to get a yes. I can answer for all of us. I'm virtually certain you're going to get a yes. So people are dying. People are wanting to die and not taking their lives. But people are hopeless. A lot of people feel very little hope. And they're suffering anxiety and depression and all sorts of other emotional issues in incomprehensible numbers. And I honestly think we can do something about this. And, and I challenge anybody 
to tell me I'm wrong about this, to tell me that this isn't a bad idea, that this is a bad idea regardless of whether it stops another shooting. But I think it will. Emotional intelligence taught in the schools. Now is the time. This is the generation. These are the teachers. My profession can step in and help, but we got to figure this out. And I think somewhere right in there in the mix is the answer. This, guys, I'm telling you, this is how we find our way. I'm certain of it. This is better. I'm Dr. John Duffy. I want to hear your thoughts on this. Thanks so much.